the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Rescuers radio show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. at Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. And uh, please go to our, our website, rescuer, rescuersradioshow.org where you can uh, hear all of our shows on podcast once they've aired on KPXQ. And uh, this is a listener-supported uh, uh, program. Uh, there's a purple button on our website. If uh, if you're interested in donating to the show's cause, uh, do that. Push the button. It'll walk you right through everything there. But, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm excited to have my guest uh, in studio now, Jeff Blake, Superintendent of Phoenix Christian Preparatory School. Hi, Jeff. That's a mouth word. Well, you nailed it. (laughs) Grateful to be here with you. Uh, So, um, gosh, we're gonna we're gonna break a lot down about your story with the with the school and everything. But before we do that, uh, let our audience know a little bit more about you. How did you get to this point in your life? You know, it was it was funny for me. This the story really began in Washington D.C. and I had gone there, really kind of interested in government and politics, and found myself in an internship there in the Clinton administration. And several, it was really ran by a group of Christians, and they began to watch me and and said, "Hey, we, when you share ideas, you get really excited. We actually think you've got a future as a teacher." <laughs> and so they recommended I started volunteering and teaching in inner city Washington D.C. And, and that was not on your visor. You didn't see that. No, and and heavens, these were these were long full days of internship studies at night, and adding one more thing into it seemed wow. really impossible. But God yeah. really used that to change things. Wow. So, um, and you you came from. Give us a little bit more about where you were born, where you came from. I, How did you get to Phoenix? For crying Ar- out loud, Arizona through and through. <laughs> um, my my grandmother is um, an alumni of, of Bisbee High School, class of 1933, wow. and they immigrated from Europe to, to mine copper in the Bisbee mines. And that's how my family kind of came and started in Arizona, um, even as early as statehood. That's and how a lot, of, a lot of people got here that way. Yeah. Copper it, mines. And I'm proud to boast that I'm a native of, of Arizona and grew up here in Phoenix. Yeah. Went to Apollo High School, graduated Grand Canyon University, and uh, never heard of Phoenix Christian. Until I got reached out to, and they said, "Would you come down and do an interview?" And in that that moment, in that meeting, that changed my life forever. Oh. Now you studied abroad some too. I did. I um, went from D.C. and got connected with that strong Christian group, and they recommended, "Hey, why don't you know?" There's a there's a program ran out of Keble College, Oxford, 
And so I was a history major and went and studied um, ancient medieval history at Keeble College, Oxford. That was pretty amazing. It's good on your resume, right? It, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm proud that, it, that, you know, I still remember the 16 pages I wrote for my final exam <laughs> and learned a lot, blessed a lot, and some really amazing educators over there. Well, uh, it, when I was reading the materials before getting ready for the show prep here, um, uh, the oldest Christian school in Arizona migrated here from Kansas in 1912, same year Arizona became a state, right? But it became officially known as Phoenix Christian High School in 1949. Yeah, it's a, it, it, there's some click, conflicting information. Okay. A lot of times we're told that we're one of the oldest schools west of the Mississippi. Yeah. Started in Kansas in 1902 by the Weed family. And started in an upstairs room with a few kids there, um, Christ-centered education. The, um, one of the members of the Weed family read about Arizona in the Farmer's Almanac, moved the family here to 1912. <laughs> Better than living in Kansas, I guess, right? They, you know, the idea was, I think when you read sort of his journals about it, man, you, you, could, you could raise all sorts of food here year-round. Wow. And so they moved up to about 75th Avenue in Thunderbird. And if you still look on Google Maps, it's still named Weedville. Oh, and stayed there for quite some time, but the school began to grow. The original name was Old Paths Christian School. So if you visit our campus today, that's what we've named our cafeteria and food services after that family and the nice. Weed family and their legacy. Yeah, And then started uh, really to grow. They moved down to Old pa- old um, one of the old, I forget the name of it, the Old Christian Church in downtown Phoenix. And um, started looking for property in the late 1940s. Mm purchased uh, the property we're on this, at the same time that we're bidding on that corner, the same time that the Southern Baptists were bidding for a school they wanted to move to Phoenix called Grand Canyon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so both schools share that common heritage on our, on our material of 1949 of, of really starting really in the heart of the city. Awesome. So um, uh, that explains the history. because There's a gap there that I wasn't sure uh, what, what happened. Uh, but you mentioned... Uh, the uh, the growth of, of of Christian schools. This was the first Christian school in Arizona, right? That is correct. Yes, and uh, you've mentioned that the growth of Christian schools is booming. And what do you attribute that? I, I mean, it's just this climate economically or stuff going on politically. What 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 what's the cause of that? Yeah, you know, I really received some good advice. Public schools. Yeah, you know, I. First of all, let me just fundamentally say we have nothing but profound respect for the public public school educators. I'm we the product, yeah, yeah. product of public education and, and really celebrate that. Uh, but I got some good advice recently and never miss an opportunity with the crisis. And COVID, to speak more immediately, really represented an opportunity to say certainly the physical health of our students matter, but certainly also the mental health of yeah. our students matter. Yes. That was solidified for us at Phoenix Christian with just um, really two weeks into the shutdown in March of 19 or 2020. uh, One of our autistic students attempted suicide that first weekend. And then the second weekend, one of our autistic students completed suicide. Uh, It was shortly after that, within a matter of weeks or even days, I had an opportunity to meet digitally with with, um, Governor Ducey and Dr. Christ and really affirm uh, the power of, of, of students and the significance of students meeting physically. And so certainly to say we're going to commit to be open and available, certainly with safety precautions, but also there's some philosophical concerns that our community um, have with some of what may be in, taught in some public, public schools. And so an opportunity for educational freedom to give families an option to attend uh, a school like Phoenix Christian. And there's a multitude of other really strong and amazing Christian schools in this city and state. 
Okay, and and a multitude that's, that signifies a big number. <laughs> yeah, heavens, we're we're planning a gathering here at Phoenix Christian in January, oh. and I think we've got about twenty five thirty coming in, coming in heads heads of school Christian schools, and that's to really celebrate the opportunity that Governor Ducey um, gave the state of Arizona, signed ceremonial on our campus with the Empowerment Scholarship uh, in August of um, 2022. Nice. Uh, So I was just going to ask you about Empowerment Scholarship account. Uh, Walk me through and our audience through what that is, what they can do, what are they doing, and and how is that contributing to the, the growth of the uh, Christian school. Yeah, Arizona is really a, a very blessed state, and there's a couple of vehicles that allow for greater educational freedom for families to attend a private Christian school, for example, that wouldn't otherwise be able to afford it. Certainly, tax credits. And we can we can chat on that in a minute if you like. But let's let's focus on the empowerment or the education savings account, and that's a program that had existed prior that would allow students with certain special needs to receive funding or a savings account that could then be applied to meet the educational needs of families. So at Phoenix Christian, more specifically, we were serving, as I've already mentioned, a number of autistic students. Uh, The Empowerment Savings Account would give families an opportunity to have funding for the student to obviously cover their tuition, but allow additional funding to be provided to the school that would then allow us to turn around and hire an aide, and in some cases, a one-to-one aide. And so we were serving a number of, of students with special needs that had a, an adult, a follower of Christ, walking with them, speaking life in them, encouraging them, and helping these students really succeed in the classroom. What the, what the governor signed and expanded is the universal um, education savings account that then provided um, about, you know, it varies, but about $7,000 to $7,500 for every um, elementary and high school student that would allow a family to use those funds to open the doors of opportunity at at a school like Phoenix Christian or other Christian schools or other educational options. Okay. Does that also apply to public schools? Um, I'm not sure I could really specifically answer that directly. I think there is some opportunity for it, but but what, what it does is allows families to even go out and purchase services and goods that would better support their student, specifically they have an individual education plan that requires that they need some help. So um, when I was visiting with you uh, a a short time ago uh, before the show, um, you mentioned a a phrase that that caught my attention. Uh, You you claim fitting uh, Phoenix Christian preparatory, uh, in your words, of no majority. Let's, what, yeah, I really appreciate tell us that. about that. Sure. And again, if, if, if school, we're getting ready to celebrate our 73rd, 74th birthday. It's coming. <laughs> 75 years we can see coming. And it hasn't always been that way. Yeah. And we serve a creator God that continues to create and recreate. And one of, the, one of the most beautiful things that he's done at Phoenix Christian, he's created a school of no majority. Mm-hmm. And let me share with you a moment. So, um, okay, we've got plenty of time. In January of, um, of last year, Governor Ducey w- visited our campus. He learned of what we were doing with tax credits and utilizing the current um, ESA and t- wanted to tour and see it. And when he was in one of our second grade classrooms, one of our second graders said, you know, we get to live the dream. And he said, what do you mean by that? And it was honestly a kind of a magical moment. And the kids had just been studying Dr. Martin Luther King, and they said, we get to live the dream that we're a school of no majority. And and the teacher added, hey, look around the room 
and literally it was a room of no majority. Wow. One of the things I'd like to add on top of that, not only is it, is it racially a school of no majority, but also socioeconomically. There's certainly students getting dropped off by moms and dads in, in nice automobiles, and, but I also watch kids pile off of the city bus coming yeah. from all over the city to be at the school. So it's a socioeconomic blend. It's certainly a racial blend, a blend and a cultural blend. And in the backdrop with the rest of this of our world and country, yeah. at times it's tearing itself apart for reasons of division. We get to find an opportunity to come together. Isn't that awesome? It's amazing. Yeah. And it is a miracle, not by human hands. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all by the work of our Lord. Absolutely. So you mentioned also uh, you have a lot of international students, right? Let's go down that road. In, in, yeah, I really appreciate that. And in fact, we're anticipating another student from France here uh, <laughs> in, in early January 2023. We have approximately 22 to 23 students from all over the world. And they're connected through agencies, of uh, international agencies, looking to provide students opportunities. And we actually have a full um, director. Edward is the director of our international program. And students come from everywhere. So if you walk our halls, we've got the flags of all the different countries that are represented. <laughs> and if I start mentioning them here, I, um, Italy, Brazil, France, Germany, China, um, uh, South Korea, Taiwan. And if you can imagine all these kids coming together, and that's, again, just another expression of, of living the dream yeah. of kids oh. learning. In fact, let me highlight we got two Ukrainian students, too, that we've um, oh, nice. funded and brought them in. And those, those two young ladies are such an incredible blessing to our school. Oh, my gosh. So language has been a, not a problem or... <laughs> You can speak all those <laughs> fluently, right? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, in fact, not one of them. Uh, and what we really work hard for is, you know, if there was a large population of students from China, they can tend to cluster and maybe become kind of stuck in their native language. But we really work on kind of keeping a balance to kind of force the students to integrate, to learn, uh, to learn English, to learn some of the culture. Yeah. A lot of what the families are also looking for is a, is a stepping stone also to get them into the American university system. It's still globally renowned. People from all over the world want to be here. And we have an opportunity missionally. Let me just share with you one quick story that happened about three years ago. Uh, we started recognizing our top international student in the graduation ceremonies. And she stood on the pulpit wow. in front of about 1,500 people and she happened to be from China. She said, I came to the United States never hearing the name of Jesus. And I now go home to my homeland sharing the most important name that I know. Oh, my gosh. And I can't wait to share the name of Jesus with my family. Oh, that's awesome. We were blown away. Yeah. She, 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 she shared that off the cuff, not really even written down in her remarks. Um, it, was a, wow. it was magical. Hey, if you joined the uh, Rescuers radio show a little late this morning, my guest is Jeff Blake. Superintendent of the Phoenix Christian Preparatory School. So uh, with all of the mixture of not only just uh, units here in Arizona, now you've added a international uh, to that. Has that been a problem? Has that blended well? How, how do you overcome certain things, barriers of, of any kind? Uh, and, and did they come here just to go to the school or they were already living here in the valley? By and large, almost 100% of them came here just to go to the school. <laughs> That's awesome. It is really remarkable. That's awesomer. Because <laughs> one of the things, you know, when the school was founded, uh, you know, in the, in the original crest, part of the, the, what they put on is the winged feet of evangelism. Yeah. And at that particular time, the school was, was really kind of a, the covenant model, the original model of Christian schools. You had to have some kind of testimony of faith your family at least, in order to enroll in the school. Yeah. What we found about 20 to 23, 
maybe 25 years ago with our international students, many of them were coming not knowing the name of Jesus. We made a decision that we wanted to embrace that opportunity, certainly provide them a world-class educational excellence, but also without question an opportunity to introduce them to the living Savior. And so that opened the door for us. And it was actually through the international program that about 25 years ago we shifted and the entire school embraced a missional focus. Oh, wow. One of the things, if I could just touch on the international kids, um, they live with host families. And ideally for us, the host families are committed followers of Christ. They're bringing them to a Christian school, taking them to church on Sundays and, and Saturday evenings, and then just being that one of the terms I hope you would hear within five minutes of walking on our campus is the term living curriculum. Yeah. And whether that be in the classroom or on the field with our coaches or in the homes with these amazing host families that take care of these kids. See, you know, it's one thing for a student to come to a podium in front of that group and say, uh, talk about Jesus, but China, you know, uh, where we understand you can't really say that openly a lot, but uh, what a difference maker. I mean, it's it's a miracle. I mean, one of the things that was just really remarkable to me, we, we take all, if you can imagine, we take all 200 of our high school students up to Lost Canyon up in Williams every yeah. year for about two nights and three days. Great camp. <laughs> it's a great camp. Picture all four or five buses heading north yep. and a lot of the international kids. And yeah, keep in mind, this is in August, so they've been in Phoenix in August, and they're going, what did I get myself <laughs> into? Then we get up to Williams, a little slice of paradise. And what used to be is sometimes the international kids would sit in the back of the room um, and watch us worship and sometimes refer to the worship and the message sort of as, as this mythology. They didn't get it. Uh-huh. One of the things that's been really remarkable, again, not done by human hands, but just done by the Lord moving through our, at our school, is those, we've, I've watched those kids actually migrate to the front of the room and actively begin to participate in worship, oh, especially wow. the students that are with us three or four years. Yeah. They're understanding it, they're comprehending it, and we've seen many students embracing Christ as their Savior. Oh, that's, that's amazing. It is really that remarkable. Is, uh, you're doing wonderful things. We, we, we still have uh, quite a bit of time here, so... Um, but no majority, I, did that just come to you one day? That's, what <laughs> it, a great phrase. It was born out, it, it was a point of inspiration where one of the, the yearbook, yearbook instructors had taken this picture of a bunch of elementary hands where the kids were holding hands, and we looked down at that visual of all these kids holding hands, about 15, 20 kids in all these <laughs> different shades. So let me just share a little bit, but that we yeah. really embrace a missional focus, yes. and, and what we mean by that is that many students may come to Phoenix Christian having never read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. We want to be an instrument in God's toolbox to share that. In that journey, when they do, and if they do, we certainly want them to make a commitment. We want to give the student an opportunity to go out and share their faith. So we want to share it. We want them to go out and share it. And for those students who may already walk with the Lord, we want them to grow. I've already referenced that part of our missional focus is we want to embrace and embody the dream of Dr. King And then finally in that, we want to be a school that provides opportunity, that our students are graduating, and we're graduating on average about 60 students, 98, 99% graduation rate. We're graduating about 60 seniors every year, half of whom are first-generation college students. They're earning an average of 15 dual enrollment credit, college credit that gets them into university. Wow. And we have one young lady graduating in May of 2023. She's going to graduate with about 42 dual enrollment credits. And so for her parents, that young lady's graduating into a university on the East Coast as a sophomore. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Opportunity, a yeah. missional opportunity. Yeah. So, um, how involved are are the parents? How involved are the are the families and and, uh, and the community at large? It's it's amazing. Literally, as we speak, um, Living Streams Church, in partnership yep. with a number of other organizations, yeah. they're down our school right now, planting a hundred trees around our school. The community is invested and supported. <laughs> Uh, one quick story. About six years ago, uh, we were able to financially acquire uh, the property um, right across the street from 18th Avenue from us. Um, acquiring the property was monumental. We didn't necessarily have the money to do the complete remodel that it needed. And for literally every Saturday and Sunday, and even sometimes on the weekdays, we reached out to parents. And, and through that, we added that first phase. We added six new classrooms. The parents came in and put down <laughs> new flooring, new lighting, new electrical paint, texturing, took popcorn off of ceilings <laughs> and added. Then the next summer we turned around and added another six rooms all through parent support. Oh my gosh. Um, and just the buy-in and the parents, I think a word we often use is they're fans. They're fanatical. They believe in what we're doing. Yeah. And we're monumentally grateful for the support we enjoy from our, from our parent base. Yeah. So, um, uh, you, the school also is deep in athletics Tell us about that. <laughs> I appreciate you asking that. <laughs> we, uh, one of the things we often hear, we're a school of about 600, and that's infant all the way through 12th grade. And one of the things we often hear is we can't believe all the offerings that you guys are able to provide. And so it begins in the fall, which actually actually <laughs> begins in the summer, and, and with football and volleyball and yeah. cheer and cross country and track and soccer and basketball. Let me just share a, a, a Go ahead, something yeah. that we're super proud of. We're good. Last year, um, we had struggled in our in our basketball program, specifically in the men's program at the varsity level, and really weren't winning a whole lot. Uh, we embraced a new coach, Coach Strysek, and last year, um, and there was some new kids that enrolled in the school, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these kids started to win. Now, you got to keep in mind, we were not accustomed to winning. To winning. <laughs> and the boys, when they were winning, transparently weren't... Um, weren't maybe as gracious as we would hope. They were a little on the, they let the other team know we had won. Uh, a little edgy. A little edgy. Yeah, yeah. And we pulled the team together and said, listen, if this is the way it's going to go, we'll pull the season because we're here to be ambassadors for Christ. We're here to live in a different way. This is a Christ-centered school, and we're, and this, and we're serious about this. And the coach and the boys signed an agreement. They published it. They posted it in the gym. They embraced it, and a beautiful story. Like those those young men went all the way to the Final Four. We lost to Rancho Solano. We're walking out of the Coliseum. The school had not made it that deep into playoffs for 15 years. And one of the opposing teams, one of the dads from Rancho Solano, came up, pulled our coach aside, and said, I've never seen a team turn around in respect and dignity. I'm going to cover the cost of your end of your banquet. I don't care what it is. Wow. It's my gift to you. We see change in these boys, and we want to applaud it. <laughs> and so the boys are playing tonight. Uh, the boys are playing a tournament. We can't wait to see how deep we get into playoffs in February. But regardless, uh, lives are being changed. And let me just think, to any coach that may out there listening, uh, coaches, as a, as, a, as a teacher, I'm envious. Coaches have yeah. a tremendous opportunity. Our coaches are another illustration of the living curriculum at Phoenix Christian. So, uh, and, and they're competing against all schools in, here in the Valley? And yeah. Around, We're a member of the Arizona Interscholastic Association, the <laughs> AIA. We play at the 2A level in most of our sports. In football, we were really highly competitive for a number of years, and the AIA pushed us up to 3A. 
And so we struggled a little bit in yeah. 3A, but we're out there competing, and certainly we compete against all the schools in the state of Arizona. Uh, may, some of our listeners uh, were in coming up on the two-minute mark of the program, but people that aren't, aren't familiar with the campus – how the size of the campus? Where the where are the athletic fields? And they're there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, that's, that's we're kind of a good, really good kept secret. Yeah. We're, we're on the corner of Nineteenth Avenue and Indian School, Eighteenth Avenue and Indian School. The school um, has the blessing of about twenty acres, a full softball field, full baseball field, full wrestling compound, uh, stadium, gymnasium. The gym was built in the in the late nineteen fifties, early nineteen sixties. A lot of nostalgia in there. And super proud. Not a lot of Christian schools have the blessing of the right. kind of land that Phoenix Christian embraces. And we want to steward it. And it's just another way we tell the kids we love them and provide opportunity. At a lot of other schools um, that are larger, kids don't have the opportunity to compete. They can be on the team, but they're not going to see the field of the court. Yeah. In a smaller Christian school, that opportunity is there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, somebody listening to this show uh, may want to contact you or others at, at uh at, uh, the, at the school, how do they do that? I really appreciate that. So Phoenix Christian, www.phoenixchristian.org.org. And there's certainly there's an admissions button right there. And if I could draw the listeners' attention to, we're having an open house on January 28th, beginning at 10 a.m., and that's an opportunity. We're going to expect hundreds of folks there checking out the school. Uh, interest in Christ-centered education is flourishing. And if you've ever considered life-changing Christ-centered education, I'd encourage you to visit phoenixchristian.org, and we have an open house on January 28th, and I'd love to give you a personal tour. Oh, great. That's great. Jeff Blake, superintendent of Phoenix Christian Preparatory School, and you are a rescuer. I'm grateful for that, Art. I'm just grateful for the opportunity and grateful to know you and your family. God bless you. Thanks for being on the show today. Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.